following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stay! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 74 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We come to you every Monday with a brand new episode. Uh, find us on social media uh, at PWTCast. Make sure to go back and listen to uh, our archives. We have a lot of fun episodes, a lot of fun people. Um, Dave, normally, uh, this episode, for, for all you friends of the show who uh, listen since day one, you Trevor Outlaws and Drugs Delaney's, uh, this episode is going to be a little different than uh, our past ones. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, the, uh, we're recording this Sunday. And um, unfortunately, yesterday, Saturday was the passing of Brody Lee. And so with me being like a, you know, a a big Luke Harper, Brody Lee fan, um, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about his death up front. um, As anyone with an Internet connection can see how this man's life has impacted so many other people. Um, So if you're used to the regular format of the show, it will be a little different. We'll uh, we'll kind of talk about Brody Lee, then go into our interview with the Bucks. uh, And then after that, kind of do our our normal shtick of, uh, you know, what happened this week and movies that we've seen, things of that nature. So um, if this is your first time listening, uh, the format of the show is a little bit different. But again, with the passing of uh, one Brody Lee, uh, we kind of just wanted to talk a little bit about him. Uh, before we kind of delve into anything else, as it's kind of just the elephant in the room. Um, but yeah. yeah, unfortunately, you know, yesterday we got the news that uh, Brody Lee passed away due to a non-COVID related lung issue. And man, that really sucked. Like it, it was one of those things where you you kind of hope like, oh, no, this is some sort of wrestling angle, right? Yeah. Um, but then it quickly like it, it's that quick realization of no n- not everything is wrestling and unfortunately sometimes these superheroes that we see on tv um and they pass away and and it is always a shame you know there's always a like man they were too young and especially in this case the man was only 41 and back in the day it used back in the day or for a while it was everyone was dropping like flies at a young age but it was mostly due to years of you know abuse on your body from the lifestyle that people were living all the drugs they were abusing uh but then you have you know a family man like this who again it was it was just a lung issue like it wasn't you know he abused cocaine in the 80s and was you know trying to like you watch the wrestler you know and that is the case with so many wrestlers where yeah they they would you know uh, they abuse drugs so much back in the day and then kind of trying to uh get back into the lifestyle that they lived and your body just says no at a certain point but yeah i mean this was very unfortunate with brody um it was very excited to like at the prospect of seeing him at a live show because unfortunately you know he he was supposed to debut in front of a live crowd but you know the covid kind of 
put the kibosh on that. Yeah. And, uh, he was the exalted one. He was the leader of the Dark Order. And I thought it was a fantastic role for him. You know, he, when he was on Chris Jericho's podcast, he talked, unfortunately, about how uh, Vince McMahon didn't want him to talk. He was a smart, educated man from New York. But in, in Vince's mm-hmm. mind, he's like, no, you should be like a a, a southern hillbilly. And when he couldn't do a southern hillbilly, you know, accent, he was like, "Well, you just can't talk." Uh, which again is a shame because the man was a wonderful talker. Like, mm-hmm. there's been so many videos. There's a specific WWE like documentary, one of those like uh, mini docs, like the they, Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, those Chronicle ones that they do that WWE put out. Um, and you just you you see the man talk and it's just like, what man, like you had such, you had such a good story mm-hmm. as far as just his life. And the, the fact that, you know, he, he was basic, he was just getting started. It's just, it's such a bummer, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the first thing you notice about him too is big dude, and he's got a unique look, you know, he, he was carrying that big beard and, and like, you know, the kind of crazy hair and everything. And yeah, from his time in the WWE, you would almost be shocked to hear him do interviews on the radio or, you know, like the behind the scenes stuff where he's talking, he's very eloquent and, you know, as, as much as his physical appearance was striking, like, and he looked like a scary dude on screen, but like once you saw him, you know, behind the scenes talking, those crazy eyes turned into like the kindest eyes. I mean, you know, it's been going around on Twitter and a bunch of the social media, like a clip from one of those behind the scenes stuff. And he was, he was talking about his son and he was just, his eyes were welling up. And, you know, he said, I, I collect, you know, all the posters and programs and action figures, not for myself, but because like, Maybe one day my son will grow up and and he'll be able to appreciate this business that made me who I am today. And he's, you know, he was getting choked up about it. And it's just, it's so odd. And it speaks to like what a great performer he was that like on screen, he could be, his eyes could look like the cold, dead eyes of a shark. He's just like a killer. And then when that's all off and he's just talking about the things that he loves, it's, like the kindest person you could imagine. Um, like me personally, I remember, <clears throat> so I found out a little bit early about him coming to AEW because, you know, we had to design stuff for him. And uh, I was just, I was so excited at the prospect of his full potential maybe being unleashed because, again, we don't like to get negative about other promotions and stuff like that. But like, really, uh, there was a common thing going around that he was being underutilized, you know, in the WWE, like they would start stuff and stop it. And like, like you could almost sense the frustration that he was feeling on social media. And it's just sad when, when you see such a bright person like that and his light is starting to dwindle because like it's, it's sucking his passion away. And so it was really great to see, not only the character on AEW TV, but then like, you know, he was coming to life in these skits and like being the elite. And, um, it's just weird. Like the things you don't realize that you have until they're gone. And 
would any would anyone say, oh, Brody Lee's the greatest wrestler? He's the, one of the top three wrestlers. Probably not. But like the stuff that he put out there touched so many people. And then when that light's gone, you you feel the void. You know. Mm-hmm. See, I to me, he was always someone that was just again. You you mentioned like aesthetically, he just he looks different. He's a big he, he's a big yeah. guy, but he's also kind of lanky, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but again, like I I was always a fan of his again through the Wyatt family stuff that he did, and then mm-hmm. in finding out that he was a big Kevin Smith fan, the name Brody Lee, uh, what uh, people always assumed it was a uh, it was like a tribute to um Bruiser Brody Bruiser Brody, which he was like, well, yes, but also Brody Lee is uh it's a Mallrats reference. You know, yeah, and I remember when he was still with WWE. Um, I'll, I'll pull it up now because this was at a time where he was very much uh, vocal about uh, how unhappy he was with the company mm-hmm. and how he, he didn't want to. You know, he didn't want to be there. Uh, and I remember he had his DMs open, and I messaged him. I was like, "Hey, Luke." My name is Scrump, and I work for Pro Wrestling Tees. We've recently started up a podcast, you know, at PWT Cast. We saw your DMs are open, and figured we shoot our shot and ask if you'd like to be on the show. Wouldn't be more than twenty minutes of your time. Uh, would really love to talk uh, some Kevin Smith, since uh, we love the Brody Lee Mallrats reference, and I've got a giant Kevin Smith tattoo in my shin. Take care, sir, with the little praying hand emojis, uh, and. Yeah, you know, it was it was one of those things where often oftentimes we talk about how the people that we interview, it, it we it, there's never an, any sort of agenda with us. It's right. it's more so like, oh, we want to sit down and talk with these people, just you know, be it their friends or their people that we know are good talkers, people we've talked to in the past. Uh, you know, another Brody and and Brody King. You know, he was someone that we're just like, this guy just seems cool, and we want to be his friend. And often that's that's almost always the case with us. And that was very much the case with, you know, Brody Lee. And this was clearly it wasn't going to happen. He was still with WWE, and uh, right. they don't play nice. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was a bummer as as he's someone that I kind of wish again because through working with AEW as closely as we do, um, someone I wish I would have gotten to know personally because again, yeah. like, I've I've not seen one negative thing. No one, nobody has said any negative thing about him it's just been such an outpour of positivity and like uh reverence for the man which again like in the world of wrestling it, it doesn't always happen you know right oftentimes you know someone will pass and th- the stories come out about how they were a terrible person and everyone you know and occasionally you, you know you have the people that start burying them but not not the case with brody and it's unfortunate and he definitely very much uh will be missed i you know if you want to support him um purchase something through pro wrestling teaser shop AEW because all the proceeds go to his family um you you know there's uh no memorial t-shirt anything like that yet um yeah but you know once there is something of that nature you trust us you you will definitely know um but yeah it's uh it's unfortunate one of my personally one of my favorite matches of his um it was just six man tag that uh wwe did at elimination chamber it was uh the wyatts versus the shield uh first Mm -hmm. time ever 
fantastic match. Like, if, you know, if any of you guys, and that's the good thing. The good thing is that uh, he is immortalized, you know, as a wrestler. Um, the one thing that people don't, and at least it's just from stories, I, I can't speak personally as I myself am not a wrestler, but from the stories you hear is a lot of these times, these guys just want to be remembered. You know, they want to, uh, they want to live on forever. Yeah. You know, you, you watch a movie, watch a movie like um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, where Rick Dalton, the the fading star, is just desperate to, to still be relevant. A lot of times that is, that's a commonplace with wrestling. Uh, and rightfully so. When you're a celebrity yeah. for so long and then people just kind of forget about you, it is, it is a very mentally taxing thing. But the one good thing with wrestlers is, you know, whether they're still with us or not, you're able to go back and watch their body of work and appreciate how good they were and, you know, keep talking about them. You know, whether it's how sad you are about Brody passing or uh, how much you enjoyed his matches in Chikara or Ring of Honor, or AEW, WWE, whichever the case may be, like tell your friends you know, put put new people onto them. It's just it's it's the best way to remember them because the one thing Brody Lee, you know, John Huber, Luke Harper, the one thing he loved more than um, than anything was wrestling. You know, he's very appreciative of what wrestling did for him and his family. And if we can continue that legacy by talking about his matches and you know, like not letting not letting just Brody Lee become. Uh, oh what could have been like no you know he, he accomplished a lot in his own right and rightfully so we should be talking about it um there was a thread that i saw of like whoa check out these birdie lee matches i'm gonna look for it again and try to and i'll, I'll repost it on the uh pwt cast instagram page so that some of you guys can uh go ahead and, and, and check it out uh well and, and and to me too that's the beauty of that's the beauty and the curse of wrestling i mean how many times have we seen wrestlers way past their prime? And uh, Bray Wyatt uh, even mentioned something like this. You know, he was obviously very close with John. And, you know, he said, hey, we were supposed to be 70 years old working in front of an armory and with 40 people in the crowd. What happened to that? And wrestling is very unique in that. It it is a type of acting, but like wrestlers, they they love it, and again, they'll they'll perform their craft way past their prime in front of a small groups of people because they love it so much, and it's they've given their body, their soul, their mind, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, literally, and um, it doesn't have to be that way for everyone, and. You know, it's unfortunate that Brody Lee passed, but like like you said, his body, the majority of the body of his work has been preserved. Um, and even that thing he said about his kid, I want my kid to be able to look back on the profession that made me. What a beautiful gift that his son can access that. And it's just great that someone like that whose uh, example put his best foot forward um, – and a lot of the a lot of times you hear about the bad part of wrestling and the dark the dark side of the ring, you know, as we've talked about before. But 
for all intents and purposes, everything we've ever heard about him and everything that we know about him, it was he was a bright, shining light. Um, he was proof that you could be a family man and a loving husband and a loving father. And he's also proof that you can slowly start to lose your passion in the thing that you love and then find it again. And, you know, one of his best matches, you know, was his last match with Cody. And it, it just goes to show you that um, live your life to the fullest, be kind, uh, be honest, and uh, just do what you're made to, to do on this earth. And people will remember you fondly. And so I know I'm going to remember him fondly. Um, and everyone at Pro Wrestling Tees and, you know, Berto and I, we we loved watching the guy. And it's a shame that we can't see more of him, but we can always remember him. So, yeah, our our love goes out to our loving condolences to uh, to his family. Um, yeah, just really no easy transition. But, you know, let's um, uh, let's try to try to uplift people a little bit because, we, yeah. you know, um, this week we were fortunate enough to speak with two guests that for we've been wanting on for a while uh i mean most of you are probably here because you saw the title or they sent you over here uh but we got to talk to matt and nick jackson the the young bucks which was um i was super nervous like i i think i'm i'm one of the few lucky ones who i don't get so nervous around them at the shop anymore like because there are still a lot of people where like uh, they're normal everyday guys yeah. You know, they're, 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 but they're sort of deified, you know, because that's what we do as wrestling fans. We, we deify yeah. these people. And uh, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yeah. They are the best. <laughs> listen, they are the best tag team in the world. Um, I say that um, both objectively and subjectively. Um, mm-hmm. So if you disagree, I'm sorry. You know, it's like trying to get me to yeah. watch. It's like trying to get me to watch that hard. <laughs> I've already made up my mind. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, you know they've um, they've been by the shop so many times. You've interacted with them, you know, be it at the shows and everything. And um, yeah, I kind of credit the Young Bucks as being the ones to get me into independent wrestling. Like I knew independent wrestling was a thing, um, but one of and I, I kind of I posted about it earlier in the week. One of the things that I missed the most was uh, whenever uh, PWG would have the Battle of Los Angeles. They would always post like night one, night two, night three videos. And one of the bright spots was always these amazing tag team matches that the Bucks would put on. And, you know, then kind of getting into them with uh, the stuff they were doing uh, via the Bullet Club over in New Japan, the Ring of Honor. Like, uh, they made me appreciate tag team wrestling because as coming from someone who is a fan of WWE, I was sort of conditioned to like, oh, um tag team wrestling doesn't really matter because they didn't treat their tag teams as which like such respect and And which and which is weird too because they have such a rich history of very prominent very popular very influential tag teams and they also have such a stacked division. Like, they, yeah, there's no shortage of tag team wrestlers. And even and the one thing that like you give them, you can give them credit for too, is also putting together makeshift tag teams. Mm-hmm. Again, for whatever reason, you know they they don't think tag teams draw, and that's the case, whatever. But uh, the Young Bucks have proved time and time and time again, like tag team wrestling uh, is a draw, and tag team wrestling when done right 
can main event like it, it can like a lot of people uh with the year ending are, are making you know best match of the year lists which is like weird too because we really only had like two months of quote unquote normal wrestling and then we mm-hmm. went into the pandemic but there's that tag match personally i i think that's the best match i've ever seen live one of actually because i saw punk and cena so it's the second best match it, it's it's listen it's the best tag team match let's put that it's the best tag team match yeah. i've ever seen live in uh in which kenny and uh hangman defended the tag belts against them and it was fantastic and like there's no shortage of of tag team matches the bucks have put on and the the thing about them is oftentimes people are like oh they're just spot monkeys they, no like they can get technical like oh yeah Go back and watch uh, the Golden Lovers versus the Bucks. I, it was, I believe, at the Los Angeles New Japan show that they did. Yeah, over that's here. some of my favorite wrestling ever was in that match. And it, it like, and it gets technical, you know. Yeah. Like that's the thing. The, the Bucks, they know what they're doing, and a lot of times there's just again that common misconception of like they're just butt monkeys. They don't know what they're doing. Well, and that's the thing too. You know, and we'll get to the interview soon, but like the the bucks can be a bit of an enigma for a lot of people like especially people that are predisposed to just you know hand wipe away like oh i just don't like the bucks because i don't like them and they they won't take the time to watch and people will say oh they're spot monkeys or you know for the better part of a year matt was selling a back injury and they're like will he stop selling and when the knock was always they don't sell enough so um when you're getting enough of that notoriety and opinions left and right, and you're, you're just making noise, that's a great thing in pro wrestling. And if anyone's making noise, it's the young bucks. Yeah. They are honestly two of the, the, the smartest, most like resourceful people that I know because something will, you know, they, they will do something on a Monday and by Tuesday have a t-shirt out. And by Wednesday it's a top seller. You know, and it just speaks volumes on how good they are at getting things over. You watch being the elite and how much of a monster it is and just showcasing people's actual like Mm -hmm. personality and getting storylines over, especially at a time when they didn't have weekly television, when, uh, you know, they were relying on sort of in sort of in the way Marvel's like relies on you to like, hey, you got to watch all of this for the movie to make sense. They would they would very much do the same in which like listen you gotta watch being the elite to understand, um, you know why yeah, why t- why this well, specific. Ti- yeah, well, and tying it back to to Brody Lee, you know, there's we talked about the real man and the character, and then there was some extra fourth dimension on being the elite where he he really opened up like a flower, and you got to see like this whole other side and. Like that's kind of like the beauty of being the elite and the Bucks in general is that they they can take something and not only make money off of it and make a product, but take people that like might not necessarily get a chance on national TV and then fully show everyone, hey, this person's worth watching and we believe it and now you believe it. And they've been so instrumental in doing that for so many people. Um, they're just great guys. Yeah, uh, this interview is admittedly uh, a little shorter than what you guys are, are used to here at the PWT cast. Um, you know, they were they were gracious enough to give us the all the time that they could, and hopefully somewhere down the line we get down with them for a little bit longer. But uh, really fun interview that we did go ahead and 
uh, get to record with them. So let's just go ahead and get into this week's episode with the AEW Tag Team Champions, the best tag team in the world, uh, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Dave, about maybe four or five years ago, maybe a little longer than that, there was a live art of wrestling here in Chicago over at Challengers Comics with uh, El Generico, Colt Cabana, and uh, the Young Bucks. And I remember at the time, they were just fresh off like their TNA run. Uh, so it would have been Generation Me who was there, not even the Young Bucks. And it's crazy for me to think back now that like at the time, there was a line for them, there was people there. But if we did that exact same uh, meet and greet now, live podcast now, the line would be all the way, it would be wrapped around the building several times. It would be irresponsible for us to do that. Exactly. And that's, it's so heartwarming for me to see like, humble beginnings from them even when you read the book and mm-hmm. you read some of these stories about like hey maybe we should just quit because we've been working with them basically from right around the time that like bully club was hot and things started blowing up it, it's so awesome for us to see that again from these small uh humble beginnings humble beginnings yeah. to now they're on tv champions and just stealing the show every time that they're on uh we're happy to have these two gentlemen with us because again they are very close to the pro wrestling t family uh and someone that here at pro wrestling t's we do consider family uh, our favorite brothers you could say uh without any further ado further ado we have uh matt and nick jackson you guys how you doing good what man I, lo- I love the the story <laughs> i remember being at the at the, that uh, little shop and, uh, you know, I, I think that was, I actually remember, I think it was about what, I think it was 2012, I want to say. Yeah. If Generico is still going. Mm-hmm. It was right before uh, a Dragon I, Gate show. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think my time uh, frame on there is pretty correct. How funny is that? I didn't even know you guys were there. Well, yeah, well, I was, and it's funny because I was there, and then uh, another employee who works here, she also she was there, but we didn't know each other, but she remembers me being there. But the only wow. thing, I, but the only thing I remember is like meeting you guys there, because again, like I, I talked about it with Dana, you guys were super nice. You guys like left an impression on me, obviously, where I was like, oh wow, like Generation Me is pretty cool, like because I talked to you guys <laughs> for you know maybe like the five minutes or whatever it was. But right. yeah, like I, I do always think back to like things like that where, you know, you guys are doing these small meet and greets and then we have meet and greets here at the shop where, again, the lines are just packed, packed all the way down yeah. the street. And the one thing I will say about you guys is you guys take the time with every single every single person, you know, whether yeah. some conversations run out a little longer, like doesn't matter to you guys because getting by process of us having worked so many sometimes it is just like hi hello what's your name okay nice to see you but with you guys it's awesome you guys sit there and we'll have actual conversations that's so important like we didn't do that at first because we were just shy and timid and and you know i'm maybe a little embarrassed you know because nobody wanted to meet us for one thing so (laughs) so we were just sit we would just sit there with our heads down sort of uh and we saw all the big lines for, for Colt Cabana and El Generico and Kevin Steen and Chris Hero, you know, these guys. And we're like, what are they doing that's so different? Like, why does everybody want to gravitate towards them? And I mean, for the obvious thing was they were established wrestling independent stars. So, so that helped. But the other thing we noticed was, you know, they just, they knew how to talk to people and they were gregarious and they got eye contact and 
they, they just yeah. struck up conversation and they left every fan with kind of like a, you know, some type of memory of them. And I think we, we saw that we were like, we need to be better at, at doing that. Let's do that. <laughs> so we really, it's like, people are like, what is the genius behind it? It's like, no, we just copied all, what all of our, all of our friends were doing. That were yeah. Successful. But you know, what? <laughs> you know? Uh, well, but then when we got over, uh, we always wanted to take that time. Uh, and here, here's the reason why is we, we were at a meet and greet and we had a long, long line, but right next to us was Roddy Piper and his line was even longer. And, uh, I would glance at him and he would, he would be with the same fan for over like three minutes. And this guy's line was so long. I'm like, this guy's never going to finish this, this meet and greet. Uh, but sure enough, he, he did that with every fan. So he was there for probably six hours and this is Roddy Piper. So like, I, I, I remember telling Matt, I'm like, if this guy could take the time and he's like 30 years into his career, I think we could take our time. And that always stuck with me. Yeah. We're like, man, we think we're tired and we're banged up. How about, how about a guy like that? You know, like that was inspirational for us. And we learned like, we need to be like that. And, you know, and obviously it'll sound a cliche, but we do love our fans. Cause we, we have like a, we have a relationship with our fans that I don't think most wrestlers do with theirs. Like we're very close to them. Like they feel like they already know us personally because they've been on this, this kind of this journey with us with being the elite and, and our, most of our fans have been with us since the, you know, not necessarily the beginning, but for a long time. So I don't know how many people have told me like, I've been with you since TNA. And it's like, what? Like, so they, they have kind of grown up with us with it. So like, as we've had success, they've grown with the success. They feel like very much part of our family, you know, I was like, so when we, we see these people, we, we, we recognize them. We remember their faces, we remember their names. And, and, and I don't, I think fans are blown away by like, you remember me? Like, of course we remember you. Like we, we really take a, put a lot of, of care into that. And I think, I think that is one thing that kind of uh, separated us from, from, from the pack and, 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 and made us what we are today is it was, you know, these meet and greets, like the, the meet and greet was almost the, the bigger part of the show. Like people came to meet us and Oh yeah. And they'd all watch their match or whatever, but like, I kind of just wanted to meet them. You know what I mean? The match was almost secondary. Once when we were really hot on our, on our independent tour. Well, the, th- the thing with you two is, is that you guys do leave like a good impression. Cause like speaking for myself, uh, I remember going up to Ryan and saying, "Hey, do you think it would be weird if uh, I got custom Young Bucks gear made?" And he's like, "I don't know." He's like, with Ryan being Ryan, he's like, "I don't know. Let me ask him." And he's like, "No, go ahead and do it." And like, I remember every single time I would be like in it and it would show up to a show. I'm like, "This is gonna be the one show where they're just like, all right, buddy, enough." But like, I specifically, I specifically remember, and I, I always talk about it. There was a, a Ring of Honor house show in which you, Nick you like stopped mid match and had everyone in like the, it was over here, Chicago Ridge. You had everyone chant like that guy's awesome because you and I were both like in the same gear. I was like Marty DeRose and Sarah Shockey. And it was just like, it was one of those like weird things where again, that's something that I'll remember. And there's so many instances in which you guys like meet fans or like even people at the shop that we know who have met you guys either here or outside of work. So I think that's very, it, it's why people resonate with you. And I think it's also part of like why when people are reading your book, they're just like, oh, yeah, these are like 
two people that not only one care about their craft but like you can tell it it, it comes off of the pages that you guys like it isn't just all right let, let's do this for a few years get quick it's like no we will we want to be good at this we want to put in the work put in the work yeah. and we want to give back to our fans who like you mentioned some of them have been around since generation me right uh, that's right. awesome I, yeah. I i think for us a big part of what we do we never want to c- come across as manufactured and like we premeditated you know wanted to do these things and like it it, it, it really is genuine because we are fans too, just like just like you, just like everybody, and and we just we're just so happy to be so blessed that we actually we we got into the business and we succeeded and we did well and we never want to forget where we came from. Um, you know, I have, I have lifelong friends that we started with in the backyard that I talk to every day still. You know, you, you can't you can't forget. You can't, it's so important to us, and I think I think reading past wrestlers' books and reading the mistakes that they made and, and, you know, becoming too big of a star, whatever they did, spent all their money. Like we, we really actually took all that to heart. You know, we didn't want to make those same mistakes. We wanted to be regular guy, family men. They told us early on, you can't have a family and be a wrestler and be successful. We were like, I remember thinking, why not? Like, I don't understand. Like, and then nobody could ever give me a good reason. There's like, well, you're on the road a lot. Like, so like, no, you know, and, and, and that's early on. I decided, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to marry Dana and and we did that. And then again, they were like, well, don't have a family because this isn't a family business. Like, and, and Dan and I struggled with that. And at one point I just told her, I said, listen, the timing's never going to be right. If we go off of this, we're never going to have a kid. I think we have a kid. And it's like, it, that was almost breaking the, the unspoken rules of the business. You weren't supposed to do any, and I was supposed to have kids and do all this stuff. And, and, and everybody told us, all right, well, fine. In 10 years, you're going to be strung out. You're going to be on, on all, all the drugs and you're going to, you'll probably get on steroids. <laughs> Nick and I, again, were like, no, I don't think we're going to do any of that either. It's like, it's like we, it just didn't make any sense. The whole wrestling culture, it, did, it didn't make any sense to us. We just thought to ourselves, like, why can't we be the guys who, who sort of break the mold and be a little bit different? And, and, and I, I don't know why. Like, people, people tell us now, it's like, do you understand what you've done? That's insane. But for us, we didn't even realize we were necessarily breaking the mold because we, we were just being ourselves. Yeah, we just, that was just normal for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. isn't that kind of the thing in like pro wrestling? There's always things that you you definitely should not do, and then you always hear that, and then it just takes one or two people to just go ahead and say, "Screw it, I, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna forge my own path." And then all of a sudden, people start catching on, and they're and then you start seeing maybe duplicates and copies. But but yeah, there's like these long held rules that this just can't be done, and I think that's kind of what you guys have been good at doing is uh, right breaking that mold you know yeah that's a good point and uh it's not just with that like we've we've helped tag team wrestling as well like for so long tag wrestling was pretty much a dead art and i remember matt and i thinking how is this a like a dead art it it's the most exciting thing in wrestling if you do it right and like when we thought of that we're like let's just go balls to the wall and make our matches so exciting that no singles wrestling act could top it (laughs) and like we went on this crazy run where we were having such crazy matches that the promoters had to put us on last because their singles champion couldn't go on after our act 
And that, that was another thing that we tried to break the mold with was making tag team wrestling like relevant again. And now it's funny looking at AEW because our best matches are the tag matches and people don't even realize it. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny. I'm you, you mentioned the, the whole thing with us being elevated on the cards because nobody wanted to follow us. And remember when we first got to new Japan, it, the junior tag scene was really, there wasn't much to it. It was always match one on every show. And we showed up and we started having these matches with the forever hooligans with Koslov and, and Romero that were really good and they were stealing the shows. And then we started, then we started having these matches with, with, with Shelly and Kushida, the time splitters. And now we're really cooking and having these insane matches. So Gato had no choice, but to keep, you know, putting us up higher and higher and higher on the card. And before then that, that, that didn't happen with the junior tag. It was supposed to be the undercard. And now we're mid show. We're upper, like now, now we're going semifinal. Like it, it was really crazy that, you know, that we, we were having the, the, these matches that were capturing the imagination of, of the Japanese wrestling fans. I know I'm jumping way ahead there, but, <laughs> but yeah, again, it was like, we were, we were changing the mold, but we didn't even realize it at the time. Like looking back now in hindsight, we're like, Oh man, we really did that. But at the time you're just, your goal is just to work hard and have the best matches. And, and you don't even really notice that things are kind of shifting at the time because it's kind of so subtle and, it, and it's just, hap it's happening. But looking back now, we're like, wow, like you, you kind of, you're, you're proud of, of, of yourself and you, you pat yourself on the back. We're like, we really did it. We really helped tag team wrestling on the independence. Like we, everywhere we went, a tag team match with us was, was typically the main event match. And we were the big draws in the show. And before then I couldn't tell you the last, the last tag team act that was the hot act. You know what I mean? And we did it for so long. So I think, I think that proved to a lot of promoters in wrestling, like, Hey, tag team wrestling is back or it's, it is still a thing. Hey, tag team wrestling can still be box office. Well, how do you know? Well, there's proof. There's these kids, the young bucks are going, every town they go to is, is selling all these tickets and they're selling all these, you know, they're, they're selling all the, all these merchant merchandise and all these meet and greet tickets. And people want to see this thing. So I think the proof was in the pudding with us. And I think people really needed to see that because for a while, like Nick said, the art of tag team wrestling was all but dead. Right. You talk about like the, you know, the kind of uh, the proof being in the pudding again with us working at pro wrestling tees, like for the last five years or so, like you guys have consistently been like top sellers, like always in like the top five. So it is always funny when, when you read those comments online where it's like, oh, like nobody cares about tag team wrestling or, oh, it's just a thing. Right. It's like, well, not really, because you, we kind of have the statistics to to show otherwise. Uh, but um kind of just to wrap it up you know you guys did just release your book and the one thing that's been at least for me as a fan positive to see is how many people are just been saying positive things about it because you have have had book like wrestling books out in the past where they come out and it's just like oh geez did no right. edit through this yeah. to, to, to fact check but with your guys's book it's been like real positive what has been uh the reception at least from your ends that you've kind of uh received about it you know, it's funny. You're right about that. And uh, a lot of times when wrestlers books or not even just wrestlers, like celebrities books come out, it's like uh, there's there's some type of negativity, like mm -hmm. to try to hook the uh, 
the audience to buy the book, you know, like if they're shooting on someone or like things like that, that come out and they're like, Oh, you got to read this book because it's controversial. Like we didn't even want to go that route. We wanted to try to inspire some people and 2020 has been a miserable year. And if you could take some type of like inspiration from our book and which is what we've been getting the most uh, feedback from is fans saying that they're, inspired by us and they don't they want to just keep working hard because they they could see that there there's a path that you could go if you work hard enough and don't give up that you can get to your goals so like seeing that and getting that feedback from our fans and and not even just fans uh we, we have colleagues that are coming up to us and saying the same exact thing where they're like man i don't ever read books but i went out and i bought your book and it's inspiring so like just to hear that feedback and it it's been a lot of that and it's so cool to hear and there's not been a, a lot of negative feedback at all and yeah I was going to say, I was, ex- I was, weren't you shocked? I was expecting because right. everything we do is so polarizing. <laughs> like when we were writing the book, I was like, people are going to hate this just because we're involved in it. And usually right. everything we do is a debate. Like, oh, that sucked. No, that was good. And everyone, then people defend us. And then people hate on the people who are defending it. Like everything we do is usually like this, this conversation. But with this book, it's, I have to say, it's probably been the most positive thing uh, universally that we've probably ever done i haven't heard really any negative like because you know what it is though it's like you either if you love us you're gonna buy the book and you're gonna read it if you don't like us you're probably just not gonna read the book yeah you're right (laughs) you know know what i mean so but yeah i i really haven't read many negative reviews about it either the uh, people who have read it have said like nick said it's an easy read we wanted a book that that people from, from, you know, our age, our young demographic that watches our show, we, they, you know, they're probably going to want an easy read book. That's kind of bingeable that we wanted, we wanted to make it sort of like a Netflix series. You just turn the pages and you want to, you want to see what's on the next episode, but in this case, what's on the next chapter. And, and and everybody that that's read it has said that they've read it in record times. Like, Oh, I've I've had people tell me at one sitting, you know, it's crazy. So, so the fact that we, we produced a book that, that that's friendly and it's easy to read and, and and it's digestible and you, you, you consume it all. And, and you retain all the information. You go on this roller coaster ride with us, and you enjoy it. And it reads like a a, a, a movie. Then then I'm happy because that's the book that we sought out to do. And and we like Nick said, we didn't want this to be a slaughter, and we didn't want it to be this oh this tell all take where the young bucks bury everybody. Like we didn't want that type of book because this this was this was literally our life story, and we wanted. To, to help people. And I think that's, uh, across the board, that's, that's kind of the feeling I've gotten. It, it, it feels good that people are getting a positive message out of it. You mentioned like, Oh, kind of it feeling like a movie and which when it was a fast read, cause, uh, Ryan received his copy first and I was like, Hey, let me, let me just skim through this really quick. And I took it for like a day and a half and I was like, okay, here you go. And again, him being someone who doesn't read was like, Oh, you finished? Like, what do you mean you finished it? And I was like, well, you know, again, like it, and it is, and yeah, it's a good book. It is like easier to read. And like the whole time I, I could just think of like, oh, this would make a good movie. Like at some point, right. and again, not just because you guys are here, not just blowing smoke, like there will be a Young Bucks movie because your guys' story is, it's one that's relatable. It's easy to tell. But the one thing, the, the one thing I, <laughs> I yeah, uh, I could think the whole time was, again, when we had uh, Dana, Matt, your wife. 
Uh, mm-hmm. She told the story of, uh, I, be- I believe she had just turned 21 and you guys had, had broken up and she she went off to, to Vegas and, and you drove off after her to win her back. And the whole, right. all, all I could think the whole time she told the story is when they make the movie, because yeah. it's going to be made into a movie. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, right. I was like, they got to show the scene where, you know, y- your, your little brother Nick is encouraging you to, to get in that car and, and drive <laughs> drive to Vegas and, you know, win her back. And, like, I, I get that. That's just one of those things where even when she told right. that, I was like, man, a lot of your guys' life is pretty much, you know, whatever, whether you believe in God or whatever higher being, it's like, whatever path they've led for you is also been one to where like when you retell, because again, you guys are very good storytellers by process. So if you watch your matches, the way you guys put it together, but also again, with the interviews you do, obviously this book now, I was like, man, the universe has been preparing you guys to tell these stories and blow people away (laughs) with that. Um, Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You're right. It's like the butterfly effect. One thing happens to it and leads to another. And uh, everything in our career, it, I, I, man, it's, it's, it's serendipitous and it, and it all worked out and I wouldn't take any of it back. All the hardship, all the time, you know, the time I was literally on food stamps, the time uh, I was about to quit the business and Nick had to cut a promo on me uh, that happened more than once, you know, uh, the Booker T incident, all the scandals we've been involved in, like it all paid off. And, and here we are now. And, and now we have a book to tell it all the whole story. Well, I, I personally think that's really like the secret sauce of, you know, you guys as a tag team, but also as like AEW as a whole, it's like you could look at different corners of pro wrestling and there's there's like a dark energy, you know, there's always criticism and, and bitterness. And like the good thing about you guys and like AEW as a whole, you all bet on yourselves and you said, hey, instead of uh, approaching wrestling with darkness and negativity, we're going to be positive and we'll we'll be an alternative to something that people maybe they don't like. But instead of uh, telling people what's wrong with the other guy, you're going to say, hey, what's right with us? So, And I think, right. I, think, I think your book did a really good job of telling that. That's awesome, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, uh, well, we'll wrap it up here. Again, thank you guys for, for coming on. We're, uh, one of our favorite things here at the shop is when AEW had their live shows, you know, Ryan bringing us all down and, and seeing you guys perform. Uh, thankfully, we've still been able to do that, you know, via uh, television and seeing you guys perform. But again, once uh, once this whole pandemic is over, uh, expect the Pro Wrestling Tees uh, crew to be sitting there front row cheering you guys on the next time you're in Chicago. We'll be oh, back, sure, man. man. Yeah, we we'll, can't wait. Let's hope we'll be uh, back. things get back on track. Thank you again to the Young Bucks for the interview. Um, I, I, it's funny because I, I do always just think back to that time at Challengers where they didn't have a line, you know, and it's crazy. It's crazy for me to think how, like, how far they've come, you know, like I. It, it makes me feel proud because I the one thing I love the most is when hard work gets recognized and the fact that these dudes have busted their asses for so long on the independent circuit. And again, like you read like you read their book and there there was a time where Matt couldn't couldn't afford a dollar sandwich from Popeyes. Like you know? And he like his his brother had to buy it for him. 
and now he could probably buy a whole Popeyes franchise. You know, <laughs> he could have a couple. <laughs> yeah, he, he could, yeah, he could. He could definitely buy a couple. But it's so awesome. And uh, again, just two people that yeah. we haven't really seen or spoken to since the pandemic started. So I was very glad that um, that we got to talk to them. Um, yeah, and, and if you got if you guys get a chance to go back and listen to our interview with Dana, you know, we got like a whole another side of the story from her. You know, from her perspective, and just you know. You got to wonder be, being, you know, dating a wrestler and you're not a wrestler yourself. Um, it's, it can be scary sometimes, but like the, the magic of the bucks is they bet on themselves and they've all, they always have. And it just seemed to work out because, you know, they're living right. They're acting right. They're doing the right business stuff and they don't always take the easy road. I mean, she mentioned there, there was a, and you know, you hear about it from the Bucks. There were there were offers from WWE that could have just been easy money, but it could have been a soul crushing decision on their part. And they they bet on themselves. That's that's what I love most about them is, uh, you know, they march their own beat. They do stuff that people say you can't and shouldn't do, and they make it work. Exactly, and that that is that's fucking awesome. You know, just yeah. to just to be blunt about it, that's awesome because not many people do, and not many people will, and. The fact that yeah. they again they bet on themselves and it paid off. It's always it's always heartwarming to see because again, the amount of people that actually do what they say they're going to do versus the amount of people that actually do it, mm-hmm. you know, not not that big. Um, well, and how many how how many people can and will say they discovered indie wrestling because of the Bucks? A lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, oh, you know, Almost everyone I talk to say I heard about the Bucks, and then I, you know, I saw a PWG show or you know, whatever, and like wherever they've gone, the spotlights followed them. I mean, listen, they granted they they're on TV weekly and they're EVPs of you know a company, <laughs> but they very much carry that independent spirit with them through and through. Yeah. Uh, again, whether it's how down to earth and humble they still are. Because I mean that's that's the thing. Like we've known again, we've known them for several years now, and the Matt and Nick Jackson that I met, that were you know headlining Ring of Honor shows, are the same in Matt and Nick Jackson now who are headlining AEW shows. Like it's yeah. it very I you know very little has changed about them as far as how they carry themselves and how personable they are. And yeah. yeah, listen, once uh once this is all through and, and over with, like if you get the chance to go meet them at a meet and greet, you know, whether it's at Pro Wrestling Tees or whether it's at um, you know, wherever wherever it is that they're touring, do yourself a favor and, and go ahead and, and meet them because again, very, very nice people and always such a pleasant experience, you know. Yeah, meeting absolutely. Them. Um, but Dave, speaking of pleasant experiences, uh, this is, uh, you know, this episode was actually a Christmas present to the listeners here of the PWT cast. Uh, if you haven't go back and listen to last week's episode with Marty and Sarah of, uh, Marty and Sarah love wrestling. Uh, you know, we were lucky enough to where uh, a buddy of their show, Santa Claus, uh, came by and gifted us this, uh, wonderful present. Um, but kind of speaking of Santa Claus, I, I almost felt I, I was I was there was a little bit of Santa Claus in me earlier this week. Um, friend of the show, this man listens to us religiously. He's always posting about us. Uh, you you guys know him. He's done uh, you know a lot in in terms of like letting people know. Hey guys, check out this 
cool, you know, little podcast. I'm of course talking about the wonderful Ryan Mears. Uh, this man placed an order, um, uh, Black Friday. It was, yeah. You know, and so normally, normally what I do is if if I see that someone places an order, uh, for some for something, you know, for us. Uh, they buy a t-shirt from us a sweater from us whatever the case may be uh i'll go into the system and and put in like a note for that when paul uh former guest of the show is you know making labels uh to set it aside so that i can put you know stickers magnets keychains whatever yeah yeah, whatever it is that we have available at the time as a thank you because again like the fact that anyone's bought a PWT cast t-shirt, like it's still crazy to me and Dave, because we're not, you know, we're not famous wrestlers, but, uh, you know, we love every time any of you guys support us because again, that money just goes right back into the show. But, uh, Ryan placed an order and, uh, it, I don't know who handled the order once it was handed off from me. Uh, but they put it in the pickup room. And so every time I would go in there to put orders, I was like, Dang. I was like, Ryan Mir still hasn't picked up his order. This is this is very yeah, weird. It's unlike it. It's very unbecoming of him. And so yeah. I was like, let me just and I grab the I grab the order. I open up the invoice and I look at it and it says ship, not pick up. And I was like, Oh geez. Um but luckily, mm-hmm. uh you know, he lives in the city. He lives um, you know, not too far from you, Dave, actually. Um yeah. and so I messaged him, I was like, Hey bud, uh this order's been sitting here. I'm gonna go deliver it to you. And of course, you know, he, he was like, "Ah, you don't have to." But um, again, it's one of those things where, like, I told him, "Like, listen, man, like, uh, you've been a day one supporter, and we love our friends of the show here." You know, like, it, there's very few people that I would like. Oh, I'm gonna go hand deliver this to them because uh, it probably would have been easier to just like, ah, let me let me just slap a next day FedEx Express label on there. Yeah. Yeah, but I also didn't mind just, you know, again, hand delivering it. And I got to see him too, you know, at, at a social distance. Of course, I dropped it off on his porch and, you know, he yeah. came out afterwards. Um, but yeah, you know, that was, that was really fun. And then, you know, kind of speaking of Santa delivering gifts, uh, Monday or no, Tuesdays. Yeah, cause Tuesdays when you were there. Um, I famously told the story of how I went to go purchase things from Hot Topic and never checked out. I, I was uh, sitting there waiting and getting angry. I was like, "What the hell? Like, uh, hot topic wrong with these things?" Yeah, I was like, yeah. Hot, "Hot topic hasn't delivered any of my stuff." Well, I never placed the order. That's why. So when Abraham was like, uh, "You know, AB over at the shop," he was like, "Hey, he goes, your hot topic package is here." I was like, "Wait!" I was like, "So I did order it? What the fuck? Like, I'm losing my mind at that point, you know?" And I opened it up. Wouldn't you know it? It was a beautiful care package from uh two from two time guest, uh friend of the show, sponsor of the show, uh a wonderful man, fucking hot topic Joe himself. Oh man, I love Joe. Oh, boy, do I love Joe. I I briefly had it on, and then oh, man, I didn't get any pictures of it. I I kept trying to take pictures with my nephew. I, I had I had a baby. So he he got us uh, some stuff. Uh, I got some. I got the wonderful, very happy about it. Uh, a Yu Gi Oh. Uh, t-shirt along with a full metal alchemist t-shirt and i also got a baby yoda christmas sweater which uh, all the kids stuff this year for christmas i wrapped up um in baby yoda stuff and i was trying to get a picture of me with my nephew in uh said baby yoda sweater but the kid was not having it but by the time i finally did get a picture with him i I was not wearing the sweater but yeah he sent you know me he sent us some stuff he sent you this fucking awesome joker uh statue 
Yeah, he well, last year he got me a Batman. It's like an artist alley statue, and this artist made like these really grotesque, you know, Batman statues. And so I got the Batman one, and he sent me the Joker one. And, you know, these are like limited runs. I think they're like one in like 3,000 or something. And just like I opened it up, and I was overwhelmed. Like Joe treats us so good. We love him. Definitely an OG friend of the show. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, and like can't it, think of enough. And again, like if you guys appreciate, you know, being able to walk into a hot topic and purchase a Young Bucks t shirt or a Kenny Omega t shirt, you know, Orange Cassidy t shirt, Joe is, is because, He's the guy. Yeah, it's because of Joe. You know, if you go back and listen to his episodes, uh, we talk about that, you know, through Joe and Taffy, um, they were able to get all this stuff in a hot topic and wouldn't you know it? Wrestling fans love buying themselves a, a t-shirt or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, again, this was Christmas week. Um, a lot of fun gifts that were, as I'm, and I feel you're this kind of the same way too, much more happy in giving gifts. Like, yes. Yeah, I very much like this, um, this Christmas a little weird, you know, it's a, uh, it's COVID Christmas, obviously. Um, but like, first off at the shop, you know, I, the, I think I, oh, we, we definitely got to talk about this. Uh, so fr- uh, friend of the show, uh, former guest on the show, uh, stupid Michael or Mikey to Tesla, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. I call him cuñado, but that's for a different reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's someone who's very hard to shop for. Admittedly, you know, the man, uh, you know, he the man can only have so much Tesla merchandise, and uh, he already has two Teslas. So it was kind of like, all right, well, what do we get him? And I originally came up with the idea of, you know what? I was like, I was like, let's make Michael a T-shirt. You know, there's like the there's a Becky Two Belt uh, T-shirt yeah. they came out. With. I was like, let's make him a T-shirt that says like Mikey Two Tesla. And 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 is such the case when like I'll come up with like a stupid idea you usually just like get to work like you the 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 dr frankenstein in your brain just starts going off and you're like okay i got this and uh we won we landed on making a mug uh (laughs) i posted a picture of the the mug on my story i don't know if any of you guys saw it but boy is it a fantastic mug On, on one side it says uh i hope nobody confuses me for some kind of millionaire or something uh, which is a quote that was said during uh, a meal. He that literally we, said that. The meal that we all shared. And then on the other side, uh, it's like, I'm just a man with two Teslas. Uh, and then it's just Mikey, you know, Michael, two Teslas. Uh, that was a really fun gift. Like, I'm, again, very much just enjoyed giving people gifts. Like, I was panicking because uh, you actually received your gift. Um, yes. One of the gifts. Like, I was, so I panicked and started, and I got you other gifts because, I purchased it was it's a glow in the dark kaiju eating ramen because if yes. one thing I knew you love is you love ramen. I love me some ramen <laughs> and you love kaiju. So I was like, okay, it's like I gotta get this. and I bought this thing back in like May, you know. So I just been waiting and it was supposed to be shipped in September and then October and then November and then it was just a big old shrug. They like, didn't know what the hell, right? And I I was like, oh, there's no way this is. And then finally, like. Last Thursday, like two weeks ago, or no, last Thursday, I don't know. At some point Thursday, they're like, "Hey, it's getting shipped out from Shanghai," and I'm like, "Cool, so it'll be here in a month or two." Got here that Monday, so I was excited <laughs> that I was actually able to like wrap it and give it to you. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, I we oh, guys we we kind of start talking about like you know what we got for Christmas and stuff. Um, we have to bring it up the elephant in the room as we've not talked about it. This is the first time I was talking about it. Um, Lord David Stinkin. Yes, I I shall from heretofore be referred to as Lord. Um, you know, it's a funny story. For years, I've half joked, half threatened to obtain a lordship for myself. <laughs> um, and part of it kind of, you know, I was talking about before this, but it really kind of ramped up. You know, a lot of people roll their eyes when they talk about the Kardashians, but like on the show, keeping keeping up with the Kardashians, um, what's her name? Courtney Kardashian was with this guy Scott Disick, who's like renowned for kind of being a jerk. And he, he, he got, he's the quintessential uh, douchebag. He he's like um, he's like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho without all the murder. That we know of, but so he got himself a lordship, and then he got himself like an eye patch with like it, it said like LSD Lord Scott Disick on it, and I just loved how heelish it was. You know, like I liked the idea before, but now it's like, oh wow, just to be like such a slimy dude <laughs> and just command everyone to call you Lord. But I've never pulled the trigger, and like part of this is you can it's a purchasable title. And so the easiest way to do it is you buy like like a square meter of land in Scotland and then owning land on this property, you know, you get conveyed the title of Lord because you own land on the island. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I was actually I was going to do it this year. I was like, this is the year I do it and I'm going to buy, you know. I'm going to buy my wife, you know, she'll be a lady and I'll be a Lord. And then I was like, this is really more a gift for myself and it would be selfish of me and I would be disguising it as a gift for her. So I was like, I'm not going to do it. And then like for like a month, my wife's like, I got you the best gift you'll ever get. Um, You'll use it every day. (laughs) And I couldn't think, I was like, I have a PS5 and um, I have an iPad. I, like I couldn't think of things that I would use, and like Annie bought me a griddle, like like a big like outdoor gas griddle, mm-hmm. and I knew about that, so I was like, it can't be that. I was like, what could it be? And then we're doing presents, and she hands me a gift wrapped envelope, and I knew exactly what it was as soon as it touched my hands. I was like, I know what this is, <laughs> and I opened it up, and I am a lord now. I'm Lord David Stankin, and. Uh, I posted it. I, but the first thing I did was I went on all my social media and like Facebook, I had to request a name change and they had to review it. So I sent them a picture of my Lordship certificate and they said, all right, you're a Lord. So on Facebook, I'm Lord David Stankin. On Twitter, I am. Um, and then I posted it on Facebook, best gift ever. And the very first comment is stupid Michael, uh, Michael two Teslas. He just writes, oh no. <laughs> Which is amazing because I I was confused like I I was like wait what did I miss here yeah. and then I I believe I saw like a picture of like you you posted the um the certificate and I was just like ah you know what I'm gonna stop reading here I was like as yeah uh, you were like don't tell me anything about it until we get on on air and I was like, all right 
Steve, that's amazing because you, you as well, you are someone who, again, like kind of has everything that you want. So it is yeah. sometimes like, all right, well, uh, what do you know? What do you get the person that already has everything? And it makes sense that you would get a lordship. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I will admit that too because, like, a lot of my my likes that are on my sleeve, you know, like Ninja Turtles and Batman, to the outside person. <laughs> They don't know what I have because I have almost everything. So, like, the big fear, I, I get it, is that, oh, I don't want to get him something he already has. And people have been really great about, like, not doing that. But, like, this lordship, it took it to the next level. I I was practically tumescent with, with pride. I was just swollen and, and just pumped up. It felt great. And it still feels great to this day. Well, I mean, that's amazing. It's funny enough because I was just like, I, I think I asked you, I was like, hey, what did you, I, was, I kept asking, I was like, what did you get for Christmas? What did you get for Christmas? But only because I was, uh, I was on Cameo the other day and I, oh, I came across, I forgot to tell my brother. <laughs> yeah. I came across Bruce Tim's, uh, Bruce Tim, who, who voiced Batman and Batman, the animated series. Uh, no, Bruce the creator of Batman, the animated series. Oh, no, no, no. Then what's uh, Kevin Conroy then? I'm sorry. Kevin oh, Conroy. Oh, yeah. Kevin. Oh. Kevin Conroy, who voiced Batman, yeah, uh, not Bruce Timm, but Kevin Conroy, and uh, like it, it always shows you preview videos of like videos that they've recently done. Well, the most recent video, I'm like, oh, let me click on this. Let me see. This should be fun because like it's always weird on Cameo. Uh, you can definitely tell. And I believe we've talked about it. Some people, uh, the more money they are, the less the less effort, they, less effort yeah. they put in. Uh, but with this one, it was. Uh, yeah, Kevin Conroy, and he's like, uh, "Hello, David. This uh, this message is from your little brother Christian, and he loves you so much." And just the video's going on, and I'm just staring. At it. I was like, D- "What?" I was like, D-. "I was like, I, I can't tell Dave about this because if his brother got him this cameo, it's already up." Yeah, I was yeah. like, "It's already up." I was like, "I don't, I don't want to ruin it for the guy." So I just kept that like, "Hey, I was like, oh, where'd your brother get you? Where'd your brother get you?" And I, you were like. This is a weird. Why do you keep asking me? Like that's a weird. Yeah, like did Chris tell you? <laughs> uh, but no, but he he did not tell me. I just kind yeah. of I, I guessed it. Um, yeah, Christmas uh, though it was uh it was fun. Like I you know um I've only get I I've I got so much stuff. Like it's all on my table right now. Very uh-huh. much, very much in the same way that you know you talk about how people know the stuff that you like, and you're kind of just like, like I'm always a little worried too. Like ah, but. So much, so much Kevin Smith and Back to the Future stuff. I I love it all. Um, Julio and Vinny actually fucking knocked it out of the park with uh, comic books that I've been wanting to read, specifically written by Kevin Smith that I haven't gotten the chance to read yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julio got me uh, the Daredevil yeah. that uh, Kevin Smith did, and then um, Vinny got me the Batman Batman Cacophony, which is uh, Kevin Smith did a run on Batman. Which, by the way, that's my favorite cover. That that red and black Batman cover is oh, like one of my favorite Batman covers of all time, dude. It's so and their books. So, so like Kevin Smith has done like several podcasts specifically about the book. I like I think there's a series he did where he's actually like reading said book. Mm-hmm. And I've and I've listened to almost every Kevin Smith podcast, but I haven't listened to those because I was just like I nope can't listen to this i'm like i i will eventually buy myself the book and and read it um but such right. is the case where a lot of times you're like oh i'll buy this later i'll buy this later um 
And then you never do because, you know, eventually it gets pushed to the back of your brain. Exactly. Um, But no, very happy. Again, like I mentioned, we've had a four day weekend, but with Christmas and Christmas, Christmas, it's been busy. I literally, listen, I worked, I I went in and and put in some time yesterday because like, uh, you know, money doesn't sleep. Here for wrestling mm-hmm. tees. There's a lot of sting shirts to be made, so <laughs> nothing uh, stops this train. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Thug Motivation 101, as you know, one Paul Jameson says, which I still need to get. Go give Paul his present. Um, he's it's a nice one. It is a nice one. Um, but yeah, no, Christmas was fun. Like I, I think my favorite thing Christmas is again I mentioned is giving, and um, like again this year, like my family, you know, my my parents, my my sister, my brother. Uh, my two nephews and my sister's boyfriend, um, they were all kind of just like, hey, like, um, you know, with just everything, like, you know, let, let's, so this would be a, a more modest Christmas. We don't have to go all out for each other, which, like, listen, um, I, I wouldn't say we grew up poor. We definitely grew up, like, lower middle class, so it wasn't mm-hmm. one of my least favorite things in the world was going to relatives' houses for Christmas because... My parents would get us, you know, each about one, maybe two gifts. Yeah. And we'd open those one or two gifts and then spend the rest of the time watching all my rich cousins open up. Just living it up. Yeah, just (laughs) opening up all their presents. And, and, you know, and it isn't sour grapes uh, because I'm very grateful for my family, for what my parents could um, provide for us. But it was just kind of like. But when you're a kid, sometimes that sucks. Yeah, it very much sucks when you're a kid and you're just like, oh, okay you know but so i've and it hasn't always been the case but um now that i can afford it like i go all out for my family you know i don't i don't work as hard as i do to brag about it already you know like i do it so that i can give nice things to the ones that i love which is the case like I, i went all out for every single one of them but there was one little boy specifically in in that of my nephew um you know, he was uh, he was supposed to get he he wanted a PS Five. Uh, I think yeah. I have a Christmas list. I, I believe I've talked about it. Where you know it's a, like Fortnite game, or it's like Fortnite Spider Man game, uh, Among Us plushie, and then at the end it says PS Five, comma if you want, okay. Which when I read it, it melted my heart. I was like, this motherfucker is getting a PS Five. If I have anything to say about it. And originally, his dad told his uh, his dad, not in the picture, real deadbeat of a guy, was like, "Oh, he he had told my sister, he's like, I'll get him one." So of course, my sister and her boyfriend don't bother to get one for my nephew because, again, this guy's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get him one." Well, I'm like, well, turns out, uh, he's like, "Oh, I have COVID, so I can't get him one for two to three months." what what one thing has to do with the other don't know what a flimsy excuse exactly it's like hey whatever not everyone has been able to get themselves a ps5 well uncle berto came in and got him a ps5 you know just to save some time on the story i got i got him a ps5 and like i told my sister i was like don't fucking tell anyone i was like don't tell anyone like my mom got him uh like the spider-man game for the ps4 and i was like perfect this guy's gonna get ps4 yeah. stuff never suspect the thing um and of course i have the gimmick every year where i put so, you know one gift inside of a box inside of a box do that I, that's my favorite thing to do <laughs> it's so tedious and having to wrap these giant boxes but it makes it all worth it uh and yeah so you know we we get to the we get to the open up all the presents and then there's still the one giant one and i'm like all right well i guess that's all the presents 
You know, my nephew's like, no, 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 there's still that one. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, this one's for your mom. And so my sister goes to open it. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. She goes, it actually says to Alex. So my nephew runs over there and <laughs> opens it up. And he goes, oh, it's another box. And then starts to open. And then finally gets to gets to the PS5 box. And he goes, no, no, no He's way. Like, I will not be tricked. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, and I posted the video too. Uh, I'll post it again, like on my actual Instagram. But he is just like, no, no, it can't be. It can't be. And like this man pulls out the PS5 and just opens up the box and like has to physically touch the actual game system just to to verify that like you know he got it. And um yeah man, you know it's just like things like that and you know of course he starts crying, my mom starts crying, I start crying, my sisters are crying. Like it's one of those things and Yeah. That, to me it's that's the best feeling in the world. Exactly. To me that that's yeah. what Christmas is. You know, it's being able to give because even like earlier in the week, um, Mark, friend of the show, Mark Villanueva, someone I consider, you know, like a uh, like a little brother. I got him. Um, it was Undisputed Era signed by like all. Th- I saw that. Yeah. Action figure set signed by three of the guys. And like he looked like he was about to. Cry. And I was just like, oh, it, you know, like he was like, oh, man it's so much better than what i gave you and i was like listen i'm like i i love the the gifts that he got me for secret santa and uh, i'm also just not that person i don't ever get anything and go huh i gifted them something way better than like that's never like that's just gross to me um and this is what i love you know like i love just giving like that's why like i and i put i i like to think i put a lot of time and thought into the, the gifts that i give people and yeah you know that that's just now i say now in my old age my old age of 27 uh <laughs> like christmas is fun and birthdays are fun but i i more so enjoy you know give gifting people stuff because it is always just like a different sense of like seeing the look on someone's face when they get something that they genuinely like because i don't know well, yeah and, and also like it's it's nice be, and and generally we kind of do this throughout the year for for people, you know, whether it's buying them a lunch or, hey, I thought of you, I got you. So, you know, if that happens regularly, especially, you know, around our closer knit circle of friends at PWTs, but like just being able to show someone that you work with that's not actually a blood family member and say, hey, I love you like a brother, I love you like a sister. And, uh, you know, I just want to show you my appreciation, you know, for the year that I've had with you. It just it feels so good someone opening something and you you didn't do it last minute. Like there's some people that will just they'll wait to the day before and they'll get you some token gift just so they can check off I got you a gift. And then there's other people that take some time and thought and say, Hey, what are your interests? What are your likes? Um, how can I tell you I love you as a fellow human being? Um and it happens every year at Pro Wrestling Tees and yeah. Yeah, we all love everyone in the PWT cast. Oh yeah, it's uh, you know I, I. By the way, Christmas cards were sent out. Um, <laughs> you know, if we miss some of you guys, didn't get around to everyone. Do apologize as uh, we only got so many made. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Again, very happy with the people who have received. Brody King messaged me, said he was very happy to have received his. Um, also, definitely need to get Brody King back on the podcast, but there will be more of that yes. in the future. Wink, wink. 
Um, yeah, again, it was a very, very fun, enjoyable Christmas. And then this week is New Year's. I not much of a New Year's person. I, I don't know about you and your family, but just uh, like I, I know with my family and I never really done much for uh, for New uh, Year's. Yeah, for us, um, yeah, we don't really go that all out. Annie does like New Year's in that, like, she'll make a ton of appetizers and, like, it's almost like a mini Super Bowl where we'll just have stuff and we'll be eating all day. And then um, this year, Annie had the great idea. There's this local food truck, I think it's called, like, Rhino or something. And they do, they were doing this nacho buffet catering thing where you get nachos and then there's three types of like barbecued meats like pulled pork brisket and something else then you get poblano cheese so like and it's like let's support a local business and go all out on this nacho buffet <laughs> so that's what we're doing for our new year's and then we're gonna stay up and um it's funny christmas and new year's my daughter loves drinking like sparkling cider like it's champagne <laughs> She'll be popping bottles of sparkling cider. Uh, I like seeing that. It's funny. But, um, oh man. Yeah, I mean, we like spending time with each other, you know? What I hear is I got to stop by the Sinkin household uh, yeah. for some nachos because that sounds, that sounds delicious. Um, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll probably, I don't, I'll probably be up all night watching like the leftovers or something. Again, I've just, I've never really been much of a New Year's person. Um, so probably just get some food and I don't know. There's, you know, it's not like there's like, oh, my favorite New Year's movie to watch. I like, you know, because yeah. there's some holidays where it's like, oh, I can put on a good old Christmas movie and uh, just enjoy time with my family or something like that. Um, yeah. Not, not much of that here. But uh, uh, regardless, uh, it's the end of another year and uh, we're happy you know, that we've made it again this far because it almost feels like I was thinking about it. We're closer to episode 100 than I ever thought we would, uh, which episode 100 will, of course, be with um, CEO of Pro Wrestling Tees, Ryan Barkin. Uh, that was one of the, you know, one of the caveats of when we approached him about m- doing this podcast was, uh, one, don't ask him for money for, like, equipment right. stuff. Uh Two, don't ask him to ask wrestlers, you know, if they want to be on the show, uh, which is fair. We're like, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll do it on yeah. our own. And three was don't ask him to be on because he hates doing interviews. So, of course, immediately we started advertising him for episode 100, uh, which he was like, fine, if you can get to 100 episodes, sure. And now – And I don't think he thought we would get this far. No, definitely not. And, like, I remember I was just <laughs> like, okay, we'll save uh, – it's like – save june 25th uh 2021 then in your calendar motherfucker i'm like because we're gonna get there and now we're almost there uh which is great and we haven't missed a single episode no yeah we've we've, you know we've been doing this weekly non-stop sometimes more than one more sometimes more than one episode a week uh as far as because we love you guys that's our gift to you exactly uh so it's coming up closer than ever and uh I don't, you know, it's not like we're stopping at episode 100. You know, we have so much fun talking with people within the world of wrestling. Uh, it, it's so much fun. So, yeah, again, thank you to everyone who's stuck around and listened um, to every single one of these all episodes. All you friends of the show. All you friends of the show. Yeah, you know, I already mentioned, you know, Trevor Outlaw and, and Drugs Delaney. But, you know, you have your Ryan Mears, your Wes Allens, your Vivian Urbinas, um, which Vivian, your gift did come in. So it will be 
coming to you soon. Again, another private conversation I can have with her, but I'd rather she carry it on here. Uh, you know, again, listen, you can't forget your Jesse Kohlenbergs. You know, there, there's so many of you guys out there. Your Joshua Davis, Clifford Frazier. Oh, I love me some Clifford Frazier. I, yep. I have his Christmas card here at the shop as well. Uh, but again, thank you to everyone who's stuck around and, you know, with us from the beginning. It, it means a lot to us. Uh, if you want to show your support, uh, you know, you can always purchase a T-shirt of ours over at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash PWTCast. Uh, leave us a five-star review on, you know, whatever platform that you're listening to this from. Help spread the word. Uh, we have a lot of fun episodes. You know, we've had people on such as uh, Killer Cross, Kylie Ray, Colt Cabana, Nick Aldis, Vicky Guerrero, um, you know, Brody King, Effie, Ethan Page, Hornswoggle uh matt cardona brian myers the list goes on you know we have a very fun young bucks young bucks uh we have a very fun jericho cruise episode where we kind of just uh almost almost sort of like a diary just uh Mm -hmm. day by day on the jericho cruise which uh opens up with a story about uh frank and melissa spahik finding someone dead and ends with Dave and I uh, preventing someone from almost dying. Uh, so a lot of fun episodes. Go ahead and check some of those out. Uh, next week, we actually have a really fun episode as well. Um, we had to sit down and talk to the Michael Jordan of uh, wrestling toy collecting. Uh, of course, we're talking about none other than Matt Cardona. A really fun episode that we got to record. Um, you know, I, we, we had him on before when he was coming through the shop. It was it was a somewhat of a shorter interview as, you know, they were a little... Uh, uh, they were they were just on in schedule the, yeah they were on a schedule you know they were literally just in the shop visiting and we managed to sit down and talk with him and brian but this time it just met and uh really fun kind of just went all over the place uh one of my favorite interviews that we've done actually yeah. so uh next week we'll have uh matt cardona and like we mentioned uh go back and check out some of our, our previous interviews you know we just recently did a really fun one with uh chris van vliet and alina black as well those are really fun ones um but unfortunately dave uh looking at my uh notes here it looks like uh it's that time of the week where i've run out of things to say yeah and i too am fresh out of things to say myself so all right guys uh well for the pwt cast i've been scrump and this is lord stank <laughs> and this is friend of the show kenny omega kenny omega here friend of the show we've run out of things to say here at the pwt cast and so i must bid you adieu Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.